0: Hello, this is Pastor Rebecca Bateman of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become so busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear Sunday's sermon along with a scripture lesson from that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all the diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. Our New Testament reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter. It's found on page 35 of the New Testament portion of the Bible, if you would like to follow along. I'm going to be reading from verse 29. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in the synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, come and quiet our hearts, open our minds and our ears to receive what you might have for us this day. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. The two texts that frame our reflection this morning are taken from the assigned lectionary readings for the day. So we will not be alone in these scriptures today as thousands of people across the country and the world from all variations of Christian denominations and traditions will be listening to these same words. I personally like this connection to the wider church and to thinking about the ways that these ancient words will be infused with our into our modern or postmodern culture and the ways that a variety of cultures and theologies and experiences will be brought to interpreting and understanding these texts so for us what do these words have to say to us in our lives in our circumstances in our here and now The Isaiah text is familiar, particularly the last verse about mounting up like eagles. And as much of a fan as I am, I'm going to let any connection to the Philly football team fall to the wayside, especially the way, the dismal way the season ended. But the Isaiah text is a call and response between the prophet and the people. The prophet and the people and God. Prophet poses several questions. It begins with, have you not known? Have you not known? He keeps asking and quizzing the Israelites about their memory of God. Do they know what God has done in the past? Do they remember? what God is capable of doing. Memory and experience is the basis of their worldview, and it is how they can gain a perspective on their difficult and distressing circumstances. For as a nation, they have been overthrown by the Babylonians. Their country has been disseminated. People have been exiled, killed, Power and politics has been crushed, and there is great despair. And Isaiah asks, Have you forgotten? Have you not known? Do you not remember? And then he, he lists the uh, attributes of God. First, that God is the everlasting God, from the beginning, the God with no ending the God beyond time and place and circumstances. And then that God is the creator who formed the earth and humanity and the nations. Have you forgotten the power of the almighty? The prophet asks. Have you forgotten the depths of wisdom and power that God has displayed? Have you not known? that it is God who makes nations rise and fall, and rulers come and go, that circumstances are in God's hands. Now here's where the litany of God's greatness takes an unprecedented turn. For in verse 29 of Isaiah 40, he says, God gives power to the faint and strength to the weary. God, gives, God shares. The Almighty shares power and strength and gives it to the powerless and the weak. This all-powerful God, whose ways are so often beyond our understanding, gives, shares. Shares with those who are downtrodden and depressed. For those who are overwhelmed and who need restoration, God gives. God shares. But here's another irony in this text. The way this strength is accessed is through waiting. Waiting. Not an anxious waiting, not a resigned waiting, not a passive waiting, but rather a waiting with anticipation that the mighty creator of heaven and earth who sees the plight of humanity and injustice, who will give strength, will give strength to the weary. But it is not like any other strength, because this text compares the strength that God will give to a mighty bird, an eagle, a creature with feathers, What an unlikely representation of the power and grace and strength that God can give. But but the text says, wait, and your strength will be restored in a way you don't expect. Have you ever been weary? Possibly you're weary now. I have, and at times I am, weary of daily reports of devastations and wars, injustices. I'm weary of mighty powers bombing, attacking, and seeking to destroy others. I'm weary of greed and deception, of unkindness and hatred. I'm weary of power being abused and the wicked prospering. I'm weary of disease and illness and accidents and death that happens unexpectedly or even expectedly. I'm weary for those of our, my loved ones and yours who suffer. No one is immune. Royalty is not immune. The wealthy are not immune. The powerful are not immune. Everyone, at one time or another, experiences illness, disease, suffering. Week by week, we gather here to express our connection to one another, our caring for our neighbors and for our world, and for our faith in the Creator God who loves us and knows the number of hairs on our head. I'm so grateful that Becca brought the many, 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 many prayer cards that have been collected over the last year to share with the children and also with one of you, also with you. Those prayer cards are not a mere action, an act of Sunday morning worship, but they are a commitment and an expression of who we are as the people of God. We carry burdens, We share them with one another. We pray, we ask, we hope, sometimes we cry, sometimes there are no words and it is silence. And in and through it all, in this waiting, waiting on God for strength and restoration and healing, things happen. Mercy kindness, goodness, connection happen. And healing and strength begins to come. In those places where we have deep needs and and, uh, we share them with one another, in those places where there is unanswered prayer and heavy questions, mercy comes, grace comes. Kindness can be found. As Jesus started his public ministry, he began calling his disciples and healing people. In the first chapter of Mark, it is recorded three times of healings that Jesus did uh, before he started his public ministry. He healed a man with an unclean spirit. He healed Peter's mother-in-law And then he healed the many people who showed up at Peter's house. And later in the first chapter, there is the story of how he heals a leper. Before Mark begins to record the teachings of Jesus, he records healings. People were suffering in body and soul and spirit. Humanity has been oppressed on many fronts over time, over generations. We have been oppressed politically, socially, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And Jesus came into this world a man of mercy and compassion. And he gave to those that he encountered. Each encounter that was personal, it was face to face. And in that relationship, Jesus healed. We don't have any recordings of Jesus healing in mass, but healings came about person to person, one by one. And healings came to people who had been waiting, waiting for a very long time. The text tells us that the day uh, of the early morning. Jesus left to go out into a quiet place, to be by himself, to pray. For even Jesus needed his strength renewed and his spirit refreshed. For him, it was through prayer in the beauty of nature, a form of waiting, waiting on God. Jesus even tells us that he never did any of his miracles in his own strength, but only through the power that was given to him by God Almighty. I've been reading a book by Anne Lamott called Hallelujah Anyway, Discovering Mercy. If any of you have ever read any of Anne's books, you know her to be a skilled author with a wry and spiky humor and a level of sarcasm and and irreverence that has an honesty that is refreshing. In this book, she is pondering on the many sufferings, sadnesses, injustices, and struggles of her own life and of those who she loves and of the world that she lives in. She has the ability to see how God shows up offering strength and healing in humbling ways. She writes how community is one of the places in which she experiences the strength of God and the lifting up of herself. She said that over time she had felt that she was losing her capacity for mercy, that she had become bitter and hardened and angry, self-focused and in some ways, nasty. Being aware of the hurts and injustices in her own life affected how she was being in the world and how she was treating others. She knew she needed healing and she needed to recover her capacity for mercy and her capacity to be engaged in life. Her despair needed healing. And it began for her in community. It began in her family as they extended mercy and forgiveness to her when she was not her lovely self. She describes receiving mercy as a cloak that she would wrap around herself and protected her, not in her physical, emotional, and mental health. The cloak of mercy began to heal her How did it give her strength in healing? By her community being present in the hard stuff. She said her community stayed with her, not bolting from her suffering and going shopping, but staying and listening and offering kindness, offering food, flowers, telephone calls, silence, prayer. Her community was bearing with her throughout the ordeals of her life, and she began to heal and to be present to herself, and then she could be present to others. She gained strength by reading scripture. She gained strength by going to church, by singing, by being honest before God and others about her pain, by letting others pray for her. And then she could proclaim hallelujah. Hallelujah any way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise God. Now that's not a denial of suffering, but rather giving, a thanks, giving thanks for the blessings that come in the midst of suffering. Praise God anyway. As the text in Isaiah reminds us, that God is the one who gives and shares strength. And that giving and sharing comes through each one of us as we give and share and show mercy to others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in the waiting. Hallelujah in the giving. Hallelujah that is is being given out in small and great ways. Hallelujah. We care for each other. We give. We pray. We respond. We are kind. We are loving. And in these small increments, miracles happen. We wait. We love each other. We serve each other and miracles happen our strength is renewed and we rise may it be so may it be so amen before we go on to sing our next hymn i want to tell you about an opportunity that is before you before me I am going to be taking the next seven weeks away from GPC to do some traveling. I'll be going around the Pacific Ocean visiting various countries and family in Australia. I am very grateful for the session for granting me this sabbatical during the 25th year of my ordination. I plan to use my time away for rest and renewal and hopefully some adventures. I will be back to celebrate Palm Sunday together. And while I am away, the session has asked Marty Starner to take on some of the visitation and pastoral care responsibilities. But I know that you will be well taken care of by Marty, Becca, and Tom. I have been so blessed to be part of this congregation. And I ask your prayers for my travel as I will be holding you in my heart and prayers on the other side of the world, amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.